Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to, to be joined by Record Sports' very own Michael Gannon and Fraser Wilson. Guys, how are you both? Oh, good chaps. How are we? You good said? morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is at this point in time. I'm not entirely sure, but all the best anyway. <laughs> we all merge into one at some point. Fraser, how, how's it going? I don't know, bad, mate. Nice, bright, sunny, freezing cold day. Can't I complain? <laughs> um, I think the best place for us to maybe start is obviously um, the Scottish Cup game against St Mirren at the weekend a few days ago now, but I know you were there, Mick. I think on, on paper it looked like a, a bit of a banana skin for Celtic. St Mirren have been brilliant this season. Uh, in, my, in my opinion, Stephen Robson may be even manager of the year, but Celtic got there, they got through, clean sheet again. They did. I mean, it was one of those ones that I always think that uh, them the old uh, Cantona line about the seagulls and the trawlers and all that stuff, and, because I think it's going to be going to be lunchtime. I think a lot of people were, a lot, there were a lot of seagulls Floating around um, Paisley, thinking this was going to be another really difficult afternoon for Celtic, but it, it turned out to be quite an impressive um, performance and result. Actually, um, the first half—I I wouldn't say impressive as a word I use the first half. I think Simon really kind of put it on to Celtic. They, they, they pinned them back, they pressed them fairly hard at the pitch, won a lot of ball, and were shelling it into the box. And I think they had a, a, about seven corners in the first half alone. Um, which is incredible against Celtic, and it caused a lot of problems. But I think, I mean, it's another few chances as well. I mean, Alex Gogic, I mean, hit the bar, overhead kick that saved by Joe Hart. But I think, in the most part, Celtic stood up to that kind of aerial bombardment. I think the two centre halves, Welsh and Scales, did really well with that kind of aerial fight. I think Joe Hart was excellent dealing with cross balls. I mean, he punched a lot of times, but he was getting punching it to safety and taking a lot of pressure off his defence. And then the second half, Celtic kind of came out. A bit more firing and a bit more composed. They got a second goal, which was, well, the first goal was, was very important. But they got the second goal, and that gave a wee bit of, a bit more kind of, um, of a cushion. And I think they saw the game out pretty well. I mean, someone again, a couple of chances. Kelty header um, was, a, was a big moment in the game at 1 0. Um, or 2 0, sorry. Um, but I think they, they were quite comfortable. And I think it was a, kind of one of these morale boosting kind of wins. It was, it was a bit less stressful than it's been in recent weeks. Uh, Aberdeen and Hibs even Ross County. Um, I think it was more composed and a bit more kind of structured in the second half and a bit more like a bit more like them. Um, so it was, it was an important one because I think the pressure was really on on Sunday. Um, if that had gone wrong, all hell would have broken loose, I think, yeah. if, another, if a trophy had gone um, slipped through their grasp. So it keeps us on the road. And all of a sudden, Celtic are now eight wins and a draw at nine. 
six clean sheets, only three goals conceded. And you're starting to think, there's been a lot of fuss in the last few weeks, and rightly so. And listen, some of us have been causing a bit of fuss about it because the performances haven't been great. And your performances, are, if they're not great, eventually the results will catch up. And there's still a wee bit of that, that kind of in the back of your mind that, that it's still not all, all rosy. But they've kind of managed a way to get through this patch of fixtures relatively intact. I mean, away, t- t- tricky games at, at Pataudry, Easter Road, and at the, the Smeesa. Uh, that's a difficult a difficult run of games. And they've kind of got through it just about. Um, and there's some guys coming back from, from injury. So I think there's a lot more to be positive about the Celtic at this point in time, even compared to kind of this time last week when it was um, here in the fire a, a wee bit. Um, but there's still some concerns in there as well. Um, but it's it's all to play for, isn't it? I think we'll, we'll definitely talk about the kind of overarching theme of the, the form at the minute. I mean, crisis talk, I don't even think is a, an over-exaggeration that, you know, some fans and pundits have, have called it a crisis that Celtic have been in. But before we do that, Fraser, um, Mick mentioned Joe Hart there. And I think Joe Hart has been absolutely brilliant for Celtic recently. He's taken a lot of stick generally over the last few months. I think a lot of fans have said that Celtic need a new goalie. But Aberdeen, Hibs, and again at the weekend, particularly the Gogic overhead kick, Hart has been absolutely brilliant for Celtic. It's been great. Can I just start by saying, Mick, well done on being the first person in about, what, the 30-odd years since Cantona came out with that quote that's made a decent fist of explaining what I actually meant. So thanks for that, mate. Almost got my head down. I'm a a deep thinker, (laughs) Fraz. French philosophy and all that stuff, that was always my forte. Well, thank goodness. It's been keeping me up for 26, 27 years. I might sleep well tonight. Um, I read French philosophy and and Jack Reacher. That's my (laughs) favourites. Joe Hart, honestly. Daniel, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I think there's been a narrative that's grown around Joe Hart that is finished, has become a liability, and it's just so, so wrong. Um, I honestly think Celtic need to be careful here with Joe Hart, that they don't make the same mistake that they made three or four years ago with Craig Gordon. Um, when he was allowed to leave, walk out the door, thinking that his best years were behind him, and um, he went on to prove that that was far from the case. And in his place came completely untested Vasilis Barkas, and we all knew know how that one ended. Um, you could say it went a long way to costing him the title. Uh, when Rangers won it three years ago. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch. But look, there's this perception that Hart's done and it's, it's ludicrous. Yes, there's the odd flap it across. Um, show me a goalkeeper it doesn't. I've seen Jack Buntland do it twice in the last couple of couple of weeks and I've seen him against Aberdeen in there. But um, Joe Hart, look, he's 36. be 37 in the summer. He looks in peak fitness to me. As you rightly said, Still pulling off massive saves. Uh, I remember one, an injury time against Ross County when they won 1-0. Mm-hmm. There was a couple against Aberdeen, which finished 1-1. A couple against Hibs last week, 2-1 win. And again, at a key moment, and a 1-0 win over St Mirren. These are all massive moments. And that's what uh, good goalkeepers do for big clubs. Not to forget the saves against he made against Rangers in the New Year game as well. So he's got a massive contribution um, in the last month or two for Celtic as they're starting to turn the corner. I mean, beyond that, you've, you've got a consummate professional. I think Rogers has stated rightly um, that he's a huge influence in the dressing room. He's calm in the eye of the storm in the big games. I don't want to overplay that Joe Hart doesn't have a few flaws, but at this level, 
what Celtic needs right now, I think, is ideal. And if they're going into a new season next year, if he's allowed to leave, you've got Scott Bain and Benji Segrist. I don't know what's happened to Benji Segrist. He was a great goalkeeper for Dundee United a couple of years ago. But if you're going in with those two and a new guy is expected to hit the ground running, then it's a massive gamble. Um, for me, I think Hart, if he was up for it, deserves another year. So you've got a steady Eddie there and let him and a new guy, because you've got a plan for the future, of course you have, but let him and a new guy fight it out for the number one shot, because Hart has proved in the last couple of months that he's still a huge, huge contributor to Celtic. And he's, he's only, I mean, he turns 37 in April. Yeah. For, for a goal, he's not particularly old. That's I mean, there's three or four older than him in the Premiership. It's not, is it, it doesn't matter about the age, really. Um, he's fit, he looks fit, and you just know is an ultimate professional and looks after himself. And I hope I'm not uh, teeing him up for a massive fall in his next game, but I've been hugely impressed with him of late. And, and see, uh, Fraser mentioned um, Butland there, Mick. Butland, there's been England talk this week. Apparently he is on Gareth Southgate's radar. And if he is, I get he's 30, and as we say, Joe Hart's 37. But if he's on the radar, I mean, Joe Hart is every bit as good as Butland, I would, I would suggest, and he's got a lot more experience. I don't know, it seems a bit odd, that one. Listen, England could do it like, I don't care what England do, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, excellent point. Now, to be honest with you, I'm no fussed about what England pick who their number one, number two, number three, number, number 45 is. I, honestly, I mean, Joe, Joe Hart, I think, is, I agree with Fraser, he's a little bit kind of um, undervalued at times. Uh, it was a guy with 75 caps for, for England, won titles with Man City, he's got one of the records for clean sheets in the English Premier League, won the Golden Gloves or something like that for or four years, um, he's a top operator. I mean, he's a big, you can tell he's a big presence in that dressing room as well, which is, I think, at this point in time, is even more important than the saves. Because this, this is a Celtic squad that's quite young, quite inexperienced, losing a lot of key men to injury. Um, I think Joe Hart and, and Cal McGregor are, are, are dragging this side at times through this kind of tough period. Just, um, just on that, Matt, as well. Sorry, Mick, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but sorry. But just even behind that back four, I mean, Ralston... What, what back four? Every exactly, week. exactly. But pretty much different back four every week. And that's, as a goalkeeper, that's a nightmare. Because you need to have... Well, you mentioned that. Exactly. You need to have this relationship with your, especially your centre-halves. Um, and and so I've not had it this season. I mean, it's been, I mean it's, um, the last few weeks, it's been, the last few games, it's been, it's been Welsh and scales. But at the start of the season... If you said back in August that Celtic would get to February and their back four would be Ralston, Welsh, Scales and Burnaby, you'd get laughed out of town. I mean, folk would be like, what? I mean, that's no offence to those guys. Because just that, that's not what people would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, I actually think Anthony Ralston coming in is a good thing for Celtic at the moment. I think it's, I know, I know it's a, a bad injury for, for Alistair Johnson, but he was looking a bit out of sorts, I think. And, and Ralston, I think, is actually a better option right now. Um, get, get a run of games. You know what you get from from Anthony Ralston as well. Hard as nails. I mean, he's, he's challenged at Easter Road in the last minute last week that won that went to eventually to a penalty kick and the and the winner. Uh, but for the goalkeeper, he's playing in the back four. It's chopping changing every week. He doesn't know what's in front of him. Um, some of the guys that have played have been a wee bit shaky at times. You look at um, Navarovsky up at Petodri, no great. Wagner um, Bielka at times been a bit scary for for, for back line. So it's it's been difficult for him. But I think he's the one, he's been the glue that's kind of held together. So same with six clean sheets in nine games, having not played particularly well, we had some scary moments, and he's a big part of that that that, that uh, run of games. Uh, oh, oh, just on the back four before we move on as well, Burnaby, 
Nick, I know you were at the game. I think a lot of um, Celtic fans, and it, uh, do you know what? In- me included, probably wrote him off and thought, do you know what? This this guy would probably be gone in January at the end of the season at the latest. But I thought he was really good against Hibs. You know, okay against St Mirren. Does he have a future, do you think? No. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, let's move on. Listen, I think, I think he's had a couple of decent games, right? Um, I don't think he's a fullback. Um, I don't think he can defend so uh, uh, well enough to, to, for, for Celtic. I think he's, he's a wee bit about him going forward. He's quite I mean, he was involved in the goals at the weekend. Um, I don't think he's perhaps a complete kind of lost cause, but I just don't see him having the, the, the quality overall. To, he's, he's certainly not a, no Greg Taylor. He's been missed um, through injury. Um, I don't I don't see him as a long-term solution, and I suspect Brendan Rodgers doesn't see him as a long-term solution either. I think he's getting a tune at him just now, but it's um, I wouldn't expect him to be part of the, the grand plan going forward. And Fraser, it was also a, a wee bit of a surprise to see um, Celtic basically going with two up top, with Adam Eider coming in um, and Kyogo just off him, I think, is that fair to say? I mean, I was thought Kyogo, he loves playing in the, the shoulder of the last defender, but you know, he's, a, he's a top player, he can probably play both positions, really. He's uh, certainly the kind of centre of a argument debate right now, isn't he, about what's happening with him. I, there's no doubt given the last two seasons, Kyogo is at his best when he's in the box, playing off his shoulder or darting. The, the movement he's got in the box was the key behind probably half his goals last season, his, his light and quick movement in the box. But the interesting one on Saturday was, uh, Sunday was his goal because when Callum McGregor starts the move, Kyogo's midway inside his own half. Mm-hmm. And as, it, as it progresses down the left-hand side, he can see he times his run perfectly to shake off, to do enough to shake off St Mirren midfield, but just to arrive at the perfect time to connect first time with the cutback. And uh, aye, it was a decent wee finish. Still not convinced he's as dangerous um, playing deeper. Um, Ida, Adam Ida's obviously a big, strong guy that you probably think would lead a line, but Kyogo's just... Kyogo has to be in the box, um, terrorising defences to be at his best for me. What, what do you think, Mick? Is, is the two up top here to stay? Well, it wasn't really two up top, to be honest. It was more like Kyogo was a number 10, to be honest with you. It wasn't, it wasn't really a two up top. It was more like Kyogo was deeper in that kind of 10 role. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a slightly different kind of formation. Um, that actually tended to sometimes become the, the same old kind of formation, a 4-3-3, because it was almost like Celtic were, or even, I mean, like a, a 4 2 3 1 or something like that, a 4, four 2 3 2 1 1 1 5 2 3, 6 8, I don't know. Um, but it, it, it wasn't quite, it was, um, I think, because the direct, I think the midfield wasn't particularly that. He didn't need an extra body in there. That's why Bernardo didn't start. I think he had in there instead as a kind of 10 just off the shoulder. Um, I think he's playing play there, no, no bother. Um, he was a left. He played left wing in Japan until he was converted into a striker by by Ange Postecoglou. I agree with Fraser, but I think I think he is best on the shoulder. But the way Celtic play, the, the, you're not going to get the best out of him because the Celtic aren't playing that the way they played um, previously. I know I know the manager saying they're not playing that that definitely, but they're not they're not getting to the byline as much. And it's it's not so much the fact that the the wingers are, are kind of inverted and, and tend to cut inside rather than hit the byline. Um, there's not they don't tend to get the fullbacks. I think I've, I've lacked a wee bit of quality in terms of being part of the build-up play. And in, in previous years, the fullbacks were coming inside and be part of, and taking over the roles that are now occupied by the likes of O'Reilly and Bernardo. 
uh, and that would allow uh, um, them to push on to the byline, cut back. I mean, a lot of goals scored, Matt Riley hitting the byline, cutting it back, and, and, and Hattati and all that stuff. So as, as wee changes like that are affecting it, and, and certainly aren't getting those balls across the face like they used to, a different way of playing. And, and it's kind of not getting Kyogo's main attributes um, to put to use. So there has to be a bit of thinking involved. I think Adamida is a, is a kind of one of these kind of, I don't know, agent of chaos type strikers, doesn't he? He gets in there and he's throwing his weight about and he's, and he's, his movement's good. He's, a, he's quite quick for a big fella, about myself. Um, quick to the fridge. Um, <laughs> but he's a big, a big quick fella. He's a decent, decent enough touch. Um, a good touch for a big man, as they would say, wouldn't they? As the old cliche goes. But um, so I, I can see why he's, he's, he's trying to mix things up a bit, and it has, it has, it has helped things. Kyogo, but until Celtic change, kind of the way, the way they, they, they approach their attacking phase, I think, say fullbacks, it's not a Josip Juranovic or a, a Mikael Lustig or a Kieran Tierney or, or even when Greg Taylor does it on the other side, they're not hitting the Bayern as much as they would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, previous campaigns, so therefore you might have to find a different way to find the best at Kyogo. Uh, but he's still allowed to pop up. He still scored about twelve goals this season. He scored four in his last eight, nine. So he's still getting ticking away. Uh, and he's had big moments. When you look at the Rangers games, a couple of big moments this season. So he's just not maybe getting the the the, the prolific. They certainly aren't getting the, those kind of three and four goal wins at the moment. That, I mean, they score a couple of goals early, and then they, they score a couple of goals late, and it's your stats are getting bumped up. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's tricky for him, um, but it's, that's why Rodgers has paid the big bucks to work it out. And at the end of the day, Fraser, as Mick touched on earlier, eight wins out of the last nine games now for Celtic in the quarterfinal of the cup. That run includes a win over Rangers, of course. Um, I get that it's not the kind of free flowing football that a lot of fans would want, but I feel like, and I may get a bit of stick for this, but I feel like a lot of Celtic fans need to chill out a wee bit. I mean, it's, it's, it's not every season can't be just, you know, a procession to another treble. You're going to have rocky patches. And, you know, I think Celtic are coming through quite well now. People like Atati and Carter Vickers to come back to. Yeah. I want things to be interesting. Certainly interesting. I mean, if this is a crisis, what word would he use for what they were going through three years ago? Uh, it's, a, it's a crisis that at least 40 other SPFL clubs would be mind to be having right now. You're right. I think maybe it comes from the fact that a lot of these games have been in a knife edge going into injury time kind of nervous at the end. That was certainly the case the last time I saw them against Ross County. Uh, but God, it was, it was a bag of jaggies. Parkhead was a bag of jaggies going in at injury time. But um, no, those stats alone, was it eight, eight wins and nine, you say, including a, a second, second goal win for two games? Just three conceded as well. Yeah. Defensively, despite what Mick correctly said, um, they're uh, flung together back line. They're, they're, they're looking pretty solid. The, the stats... Bear that out. Um, I don't, don't really know what else you could ask for. Blowing teams away in the first half? That's not exciting, is it? Maybe that's what Celtic fans want. Maybe that's what their hearts want. But um, for us, nah, we, we, we want things to be a bit more interesting, don't we, Mick? And um, certainly teeing up to be an extremely exciting end to the season. I can, I can assure you, Faz, when, when it's uh, an 8 o'clock kick off Easter Road and there's a 92nd minute penalty kick winner, on deadline <laughs> after VARs and all the rest of it. It's about five past midnight when, the, when there wasn't the balls in the spot. I can assure you, excitement is the last thing I need. <laughs> this is oh, why I, look, I was sitting watching that one in the house and I thought it's brilliant. Why I look, this is why I look like this. I'm actually only 23. <laughs> but, no, but listen. It's a fair point. 
But Celtic are a, a, a strange situation this season. I mean, there's been a kind of a kind of grumpiness around the place from the start, really. I know there was that sort of kind of section that didn't particularly welcome Brendan Rodgers back to Celtic. I mean, they jumped on him fairly quickly. I mean, obviously, going out the cup, they came out with a blow early on. Um, St. Johnson dropped home and the people jumped on him a wee bit. Then you had the kind of the Green Brigade disputes with the club over over certain things. Then you then you have, I mean, a little badder situation kicking in. And on the back up, you're losing Carter Vickers, Hitati, Johnson, a badder for a period of injury. I mean, Celtic have had plenty, Greg Taylor now, plenty of problems all season. And it, it doesn't seem the happiest of, of places this, this year. Um, I mean, team, I mean, fans of rival clubs are thinking, what what are they moaning about here? Mm-hmm. Um, but Celtic fans have had a, a high bar for a, a, a while and they've not quite hit it this year. Um, they've seen an eight-point lead. I mean, a start, basically, in the league. I mean, the league was written off as done back in back in September, October. That lead's gone. Rangers, I don't think are any great shakes. And the funny thing is, Rangers' are, are results are not entirely different to Celtic's results. I mean, they're, they're kind of biting and scratching away and not particularly free-flowing or and all the rest of it. They're coming from a, a lower base than Celtic's table-winning team last year, which is why the narrative is that Rangers are flying and Celtic are in a crisis. Whereas in the reality is it's, it's itchy-peachy, but that lead's gone, which has created this attention. Um, but they could... It, it, so they could do hitting the re- I mean, I'm talking about the, the, in the stands, not the reset button could be doing a press now. About 13 games to go plus a cup. There really needs to be a reset button pressed, and like, right, okay, there's a fight now. Um, it starts, it starts here. Mm-hmm. Um, but where that tension and anxiety goes, I don't, I don't think it will. Uh, and and lack of patience, I'm not entirely sure. That's I get, I get it. And I, the transfer windows have been disastrous, and they haven't strengthened. And I get all these things that create. A kind of febrile atmosphere around the place. I get it, but there's 13 games to go, and it's, it's game on. So maybe it's a time to kind of put that stuff to one side and and take each game as it comes. As Gavin would say, I think um, it's important. You, you touched on it, Mick, um, a moment ago, but it's important to talk about Leela Bada. Um, you wrote a, a column uh, on it yesterday for for Record Sport Online. Um, and I don't, I don't want to blow, blow smoke or, or be too sycophantic, but it was a brilliant read. If anyone's oh, listening, I'm glad he didn't. Don't worry about that. Comments <laughs> <laughs> were a great read as well. <laughs> well, it was one of the most read stories on Record Sport Online on, on Monday. Um, it was shared a lot, a lot of interaction on social media. But I thought you made a really good point, Mick. You know, put yourself in the bad issues. I know a lot of Celtic fans want this goal-scoring winger back in the squad. Roger's saying he's not in the right frame of mind. It's difficult for any of us to even comprehend what he's going through. Yeah, listen, I don't want to wade into the, the politics of the situation, because I'm neither intelligent enough or educated enough or informed enough to, to, to do that. Um, I'm just trying to think, if you're a 22-year-old lad and away from, a long way from home, the things happening back in his homeland, listen... I see, it's not for not for anyone to pass judgment on what I mean. Listen, you can think what you like about what Israel are, are doing or whatever, or, or the situation in, in, in Gaza. It's horrific. Um, it's just a really awkward position for the kid to be in. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, listen, fans, Let me just say, listen. I, I acknowledge the fact fans gave him a, a rousing response when he came back against Rangers, and they've been supportive of him on the pitch. But that it doesn't really matter if there is if there is still kind of. 
there's flags in the stands and all that stuff, and he's getting pressure put on him back home. But it's, it could be family, friends, his national team boss. It's just a lot on the kids' shoulders, a long way from home, and I think it's 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 difficult one. As I said, I mean, he's got he's lucky he's got a manager there who knows how to deal with a lot of situations. He's dealt with. I mean, he's seven hundred odd games as a manager. He's seen a lot. I mean, this is a guy who had to put reins on the likes of Mario Balotelli, Lee Griffiths. Um, he dealt he deal with, with Luis Suarez when he's weighed biting folk left, right, and centre. Um, so he has had to deal with problematic situations in the past. This is another one he's got having to deal with, and it's um, and I can I feel for the kid, and I know people are it's, it's such an emotive topic, right? And I'm very, very mindful of blundering my way through the political side of this thing, right? So and I and I completely get the right to have a protest and I get all that stuff, and I'm not getting involved in all that. I'm just saying for that kid in the middle of it, it's it's difficult. And get up just on the football park, which is probably a, a kind of secondary issue. And people go like, oh, they sell the page wages and all that stuff. Well, well listen, we've all got jobs, but if things happen in your personal life and private life, the job becomes secondary. That's just the way it goes, right? It's, it, that's that's life in general, right? And this is football, which isn't real life. It's theatre, do you know what I mean? Um, I just think that there might be a regret that, that maybe not let them go on loan in January. Maybe a regret, a regret there now. Um, let him get a new environment away somewhere, clear his head, play games. As in from a from a rather kind of um kind of cynical business point of view, keep his value somewhere else, you know what I mean? Um again, that's that's away from the real life issues I'm talking about from a business, very cynical business sense. He would retain his value somewhere else. Whereas now I think it's we're getting to a stage you you, you wonder where he goes from here now. Um if Rogers can get him back focusing football and playing, then then fair play is a magician. Um, if not, I don't know. It's it's obviously um, he's here to the end of the season, Fraser. You know, obviously we know that, but it's very difficult to see him having a long term future at Celtic beyond that. What's he contracted to? I checked there. It's a new deal in the summer there, right? Seven, isn't it? Yeah, seven. That's what three three and a half years. I really rate him. Uh, before all this happened. I thought he was one of Celtic's most dangerous players, certainly after Jota left in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember Brendan Rodgers gave Lee Griffiths time away for, for football, gave him, I don't know, four or five months to go so away and he had to work through his problems. I don't know if something like that would be helpful here because 22-year-old, extremely talented footballer, has met a I couldn't agree more with what Mick's just said. Genuinely, if Mick couldn't say any of that, it's exactly what I'd be saying. Any argument like this, you need to put yourself in somebody else's <clears throat> shoes. And <clears throat> my 22-year-old self in his shoes, couldn't cope with that. No one here. I'd be wanting to be back home with my family, my friends. God knows what's going through his head. So I don't know if a little four or five months off to go and do whatever he needs to do, work through things, work out his future, would be helpful. But the comments coming out of Rogers at the weekend suggested maybe that could be the best outcome is if he's got three years left in his contract from a football point of view Celtic I think should be doing everything they can to keep him um, who knows where that part of the world will be uh, at the start of next season it's just it's just a, a god awful situation far more important than football as Mick said I mean people in this part of the country take football seriously far too seriously some more than others what that boy going, is going through right now, I just, I, I, I can't imagine. So, I don't know what the solution is, but maybe a, a little break from his work 
uh, could be best for all parties. Yeah, listen, the politics is it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, we can all have our say on what Israel are doing, right? And and and, and I'm not getting, I'm sorry, I'm not getting involved in it, right? But he's a young Israeli kid. I mean, if, I mean, listen, we've all had times in our lives when 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 Britain's been the bad guys in some places. You know what I mean, um, I can imagine being abroad and your, your own country is getting a, a lot of criticism to the point of, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's almost extreme. Rightly or wrongly, I said you're not involved, but that's not what position to be in. Even what your personal thoughts are on it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It puts you in a position you think, well, I'm, I'm a long way from home here and I'm feeling a bit exposed. Mm-hmm. I certainly have tried their best to try and rally around them, I get that. Um, but it's not just it's not just about the, the games. I mean, it's everywhere. It's, it's in the news, it's everywhere. It's the people marching in the streets in Edinburgh and London. It's all this kind of stuff makes it a, a really... It's not just about the... A couple of flags at the game, right? That's not. That's not just about that. Um, there's more to it than that. It's the difficult situation for the kid. Um, and I said, and, and no matter what you, way you're, you're you're thinking politically, um, it's just it's just a, an awkward one. I don't I don't know the way out of it really. I think Fraser, that's a great that's a great shout about. I mean, kind of go away for a bit. But is there something going to change? The situation globally going to change? In the Middle East, I don't I, I don't know. It's um, it's just a, a real a real tricky situation, isn't it? Now, well said, guys. Um, I think it's probably best to, to end today's podcast by quickly mentioning Celtic's next fixture. Obviously, it's Kilmarnock at home. Fraser, I don't know how much you've seen Achille this season, but they're in great form at the minute. They're fourth in the league in a genuine fight for third. Uh, they're unbeaten since losing to Rangers on the 2nd of January. I think this is going to be a really, really tricky game for Celtic. Aye. Well, I don't have to go back that far to for the warning signs about what Kilmarnock can, can do. Um an old pal of mine, when, when Derek McInnes was manager at Aberdeen, they just always said, and he wasn't an Aberdeen fan, he said, ah, I love Derek McInnes. He just signs right good players to play their position. And that's why his teams are always so efficient. And I think that sums up his team at Kilmarnock right now. He's got the strongest squad Kilmarnock have had for years. He's got real difference makers. You're Danny Armstrong, you're Matty Kennedy's, and he's even got Marley Watkins scoring goals. So they're in great run of form. They're rightly sitting in the top four or five of the, the table. I slipped five and fifth in there, so I'm not quite sure if they're fourth or fifth. But they've got real threats. And uh, aye, Celtic, Celtic's win at St Mirren at the weekend, I think, is Mick hinted, could, could be a turning point because that was such a, a difficult fixture against another side that are on form. And a 2 0 win at St Mirren's never be sniffed at. So I fully expect Celtic to win this one, as will the fans. But the, the warning signs are there that if they're off it, if they take their eye off the ball in Kilmarnock, are, are well capable of taking advantage. Do, do you keep Adam Ida in, Mick, do you think? Sorry, Adam, Adam Ida. Uh, I think so. Almost, almost, I mean, the fact, even kind of defensively, set pieces is handy, having that height in there. Because um, Kamar are, are deadly at set pieces, they're, they're really dangerous. Um, it's a threat, another threat to this game. Um, these are the teams that Celtic have kind of had, found it hard against at home this season. Because um, you know, Kamar will think, well, if we sit tight and and have be compact and organised and and make Celtic break us down, these are these are team these are the things, games that have caused Celtic problems this season. Um, and if Celtic don't get an early goal, you know it's going to be tense. There's going to be some grumpiness and all that stuff. And the longer it goes on, the harder it gets. So it's a it's a difficult one for Celtic. Um, first goal is absolutely key. Um, 
I do think that they've showed signs that they're starting. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Nicholas Kuhn is back. I don't think he, I don't see him maybe starting. He's not quite hit the ground running yet. He's still building his fitness. Um, so that, that's an interesting one as well. But yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough old game. But they're all. This is a now stage. It's just chiseling your way week to week. Um, but Kamar are going to be a tough opposition. I think they've been terrific this season. I, I, I like the guys at the back. Um, I like uh, Mayo, Dees, uh, Big Finley. I mean, these are. I think these are guys that are eventually going to be kicking towards. I think these are the kind of guys that are kicking towards Scotland caps. And I know, I know, Finley has been, but I think in the late twenties they're going to be. They're going to be in there. Um, good, just good, solid guys. Um, a goal threat, like you mentioned, Armstrong and all that stuff. Um, clearly, they've got Greg, Greg Stewart and Van Veen now as well. Yeah. Uh, I think they're still a bit away in terms of fitness. Um, but if they're coming off a bench and half a chance pops their way, they're liable to put the back of the net. So it's a, it's a dangerous one for Celtic. They'll need to be at their very best again, I think, to get the, to get the result. But again, the early goal is, is crucial. And whatever happens, we'll be, we'll be here with the, all of the, the kind of fallout from the game. You can find it all on Record Sport Online. Uh, guys, thanks very much for joining me this week. Michael Fraser, it's always a pleasure. Way back on the trawler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Multi-air there. <laughs> Who did he play for? <laughs> Kevin Van Voltaire. <laughs> <laughs>